When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. This is Trudy Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India RE. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. It's the best of 2022 with some of our favorite interviews. Tevin Campbell, Ludacris, but we start with words of wisdom from Ayanla Van Zandt. Cafe Mocha begins now. On the line, always ready to fix somebody's life. Hey, Miss Yanla Van Zandt. Welcome back to the show. We miss you. You need to join us more often. Anytime. All you have to do is call. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm blessed. I am really blessed and glad to be with you today. Mm -hmm. You've done it repeatedly. We've watched you do what many of us would love to do is just branch out and do this new thing. And you, you always have this new thing. So what can you talk about sort of that first baby step of getting over the fear of, you know, just, I can't, the, I can't do a part or it's not for me or I'm going to fail or I might starve, (laughs) you know, those things. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, most, many of us sisters, we could, we could miss a few meals if you look at our booties. <laughs> okay. Hey, booties are in. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, we could miss a few meals. But you know what? We've been programmed to fear. We've been programmed to be afraid. We've been programmed to expect less from ourselves, for ourselves, of ourselves. It's a program. It's not our natural way of being. So what I would say to anybody that's ready to really make a shift, make a change, come out of the matrix, if you will, is Mm. to first get the vision. Spend, and I'm not talking about a vision board with a bunch of pictures. What do you see in your mind? What do you see for yourself? What do you see yourself doing? Where do you see yourself? And then here's the secret. This is the special sauce. How does it feel to do that thing. See, many of us think about it. We do the vision board and we can look at it, but we don't attach a feeling to it. And the superpower for women is your feeling. So get the vision to see yourself doing that thing in the business, in the marriage, in the bikini, whatever it is, and then see how it feels because you have to know how your yes feels, Hmm. not what you have to do, but what does that yes Yes. What does that feel like? If you can get that, the vision and the yes, baby, you on the you on your way. Mm. I love that the feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you said it's more. It's about more than just a vision board because we do that vision board. You know, me and my <laughs> girlfriends, we do it every year religiously, and and at the end of the year, it's up underneath something somewhere bent up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but remember the special sauce. Even if you're going to do a vision board, everything that you put on there, okay, Mm -hmm. how am I going to feel when I get this? And where is that in my body? Is it my toe, my left nipple? Is it in my earlobe? Let me get that feeling down in my body. You know, so many of us, for example, want to be in relationships. 
and yet we we're afraid that mm-hmm. what happened before is going to happen again, and then we wonder why we can't have we can't find anybody because you you don't have the feeling. So get the feeling and attach that feeling to your yes. Mm. Now, let's say we've gotten the feeling, we've gotten the vision. Let's talk about the obstacles, which the immediate obstacle almost always is the person sitting beside us or across from us who's in our ear going, maybe you should name so high. Maybe that's for not for you. How do we get past the, the people around us trying to protect us right. um, or control us, depending on, you know, who's beside mm-hmm. you? So I want all three of you to repeat this with me. OK, say this okay. with me. OK, ready. Shut mm-hmm. Shut the hell the hell hell up. Uh, (laughs) I got this. I got got this. this. (laughs) Shut the hell up. I got this. I got this. And here's another, this is a seasoning in the special sauce, okay? Mm -hmm. That sometimes we as as sister women, we forget. You got to be careful who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Cause you know everybody you're talking to. You know your naysayers. Mm-hmm. You know your naysayers. You know your uh, people who aren't moving. You know your people who uh, are always going to have something to say. Don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just that yeah. simple. Let them see it when you do it. You, you yeah. know what's so incredible about what you're saying is that you know we create this wonderful space for us when we're elevating and moving past our trials and tribulations in life. And somehow we, we let people back in where we shouldn't. So I like that. I know what I'm doing. Shut the hell up because we, in order to continue to elevate, we have to be able to sometimes say out loud, which I'm finding to do because I've been someone who humbly respects the thought process of the, of the production. And sometimes I find myself Um, more mute than I need to be. So I I like that. I like that a lot. Well, not that you don't even want to say, I know what I'm doing. Because really, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Okay. 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 We hope and pray that it works out. We know what we desire. We know where we're headed. We really don't know what we're doing. Okay. Because sometimes we're making a mess and we don't recognize it. All you have to do is say, I got this. Mm-hmm. Because the I is the power. That's what's going to attach you to the divine. Okay. I am. I got this. I am doing mm-hmm. this. You don't even mm-hmm. say I know what I'm doing because then you get okay. into an argument. And the other thing okay. is, uh, again, you know, one of the reasons I, you know, I have a new podcast coming out. It's called The R Spot. And all I talk about is relationships mm-hmm. because very often it's our relationship bonding pattern. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Mm-hmm. Or the way that we bond to people. With some people, we play the authority. With some people, we play the child or the weakling. With some people, we play the people pleaser. With some people, we demand mm-hmm. that they please us. So our relationship bonding patterns will determine what we expect from a person when we talk to them. Mm. If you know that your sister's a hothead, when you talk to her, no matter what you say, you expect she's going to go off the deep end, right? Mm -hmm. Or if Mm -hmm. your mother's a worrywart, when you talk to her, you know, you expect her to bring up all the objections. If Mm -hmm. your partner is, uh, uh, you know, oh, go ahead, uh, you know, if he's dismissive or she's dismissive, you expect that from them. And very often, 
the deceptive intelligence of our mind will send us to get what's familiar, even if it's a person's response. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're clear about who we're talking to, how we bond to that person, meaning what we expect from them. And if we're trying to really do something new, don't talk to them. Get in the mirror and talk to yourself. <laughs> This is the best of Cafe Mocha with Ludacris. Yo, yo. Luda. What's up, yeah? <laughs> What's up, Luda? It's yo, yo. Angelique, our producer from Cafe Mocha. And Lonnie Love is also one of the hosts. All good. Well, first and foremost, it's an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, I got a lot of my DNA when it comes to the yo-yo side of things. And yeah. everybody else, I love and respect. So, man, it's an, it's an honor. How so, are you? I'm going to let you guys have your moment. I mean, what did coming up, you know, as a DJ and an aspiring rapper and actor, what did Yo-Yo mean to you when you heard her music, when, you know? Uh-oh. I'm just saying. Oh, no, that's great. It's a great <laughs> question, shoot, especially from a man who has all daughters and trying to empower them and, you know, let let them know about self-confidence and uh I think that when I was young and, and I was looking at Yo-Yo, I just loved how in- extremely confident she was about herself. And just, you just honestly, honestly, you could just tell she stood for something. It's those eyes, you you know, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. So she has those, she has those mesmerizing eyes, but a demeanor unlike any other female I'd ever seen. And so watching her and and what she spoke about and you could tell she meant every single word that came out of her mouth is exactly what we needed in the industry in order to pave the way for everything that's going on you know right now and 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 then some so i was just blown away and before i could even speak and verbalize it to the to the way that i am now i I understood it when i saw it at that time i love that dog agreed I, listen, I know my dog, Luda. I love you. I've watched you your your entire career, and it's such an honor to see how far hip hop has come. We've come into the game where, when I started, journalists were saying, "Is hip hop here to stay?" And you are a great example that hip hop is here to stay. Karma's world is something that you've been working on, I think, for a long time. I remember back in was it twenty twelve. Uh, you released an album, I think, that featured your daughter with some educational songs. Yeah, you then, you hit the nail on the head. This was, I think it was, it was even before that. I've been working on this 14 years. But to answer wow. your question, that's how it started out. It was a website, and it was an educational website. And that was kind of like phase one of it. So she was six years old when we started doing this because she always used to come in my studio and ask, you know, she would say she wanted to rap and she would mm-hmm. interrupt me doing my music and I would always kick her out. But she was so consistent that one day I had to sit her down and talk to her and say, if you want to do music, you got to talk about what goes on in your life because daddy talks about what goes on in his and I'm a narrator of that. And for her, it was obviously about school and an occasional play. And so we birthed this whole idea of Karma's World. If every me saying that isn't a testament to Right. You know, never giving up and believing in yourself because it took 14 years, as I always call it, to fail better and better each time in order to bring it to fruition to what it is today. And I don't know what better to tell people. I just stuck with it and never gave up. So It means so much because, like you said, me being a young girl in the industry, it matters what men think about us. Whether we like it or not, whether women want to say it doesn't matter, it matters. When you have support, your girl's dad without a doubt which means a lot to a lot of people 
what motivated you to want to encourage your daughter to be a part of what you have going on? How important was that for you? Well, that's, that's really a great question because, you know, at six years old, I, when she made that decision, I wasn't thinking that she was going to stick with that for the rest of her life, but mm-hmm. I had to take her serious at that moment. She has since gone on and kind of like obviously changed her mind about certain things, but look <laughs> at what that conversation and me taking her serious has come to. And now mm-hmm. if she ever wants to fall back, apart from certain things she's doing, she, you know, she always loves the creative aspect of music and, and television and animation. So that is the goal to have something for all of my, not only my daughters, my entire family, if they so choose to come work with this entity that I've created as a brand that continues to expand and they have that option. Um, so there you have it. It's just like, it, it meant everything to take her serious. You should take everybody serious, you know, that you love and that you cherish and somebody from your family, even if it means just having that conversation and you let them show you how serious they are after you have that conversation with them. Right. The, the cartoon is adorable. absolutely adorable what kind of feedback have you gotten because i remember when it came on netflix i do cartoon voices and so i see it and every time i see a little cartoon i click on like oh my god and then when i saw your name okay i'm loving (laughs) this but what's been the response from kids from the industry from parents man from kids it's been overwhelming because there's a lesson and obviously in every single episode and and it's not it's not trying to drill it down you it's basically music driven but there's a moral and it's what actual kids are going through right now which i feel like we need more now than ever real life situations and a lot of them are based on things that karma actually went through in her life which is why i feel like kids are resonated with it so much but to answer your question about parents the number one thing i get from parents is i wish i had this when I was a kid, but uh-huh. I'm glad that I have it now. So, you know, this is one of those things that's, that's bringing parents and kids together and, and some of those hard conversations to have. That's the number one way that I'm able to teach my children is we'll watch a movie together and then they have so many questions based on what happened in the movie and we're able to open that dialogue because obviously my kids are, you know, they're not going to get in certain situations immediately when it comes to what's going on in the street. So I have to teach them by watching these situations and then telling yeah. them what to do if they were to get in them. So to answer your question, that's basically what it is. It's, it's, it's showing and proving and, and literally just real life because that's what animation and, and that's literally what uh, art is supposed to be about, imitation of real talking life. About, talking about art imitating life. That's exactly what it is. Art imitating life. We talked about it so much. And how important is it for you, Luda, to think about the things that you've gone through and then to go through it with children, watching your children and being able to grow into a place where you could see your kids and and still be creative in that space. Do you have to pull back sometimes or do you just take the energy that you're feeling and move forward with it? Yeah, I mean, the the audience and people who are going to support, you know, music and artists and shows like this are going to support it and resonate with it because they feel, you know, an attachment and they can relate to it. So I feel that it's very important to just speak your truth. And that's the same thing we did here with this Karma's World show on Netflix. That's, that's what we're doing. We're just speaking the truth of, of a kid, especially a young lady who's going through um, all of these different, you know, uh, problems and issues and just trying to teach them how to come out of them. 
and how to value themselves and how they can make change within their own family and neighborhood and continue to do good. And obviously the whole moral of it is what, you know, what you put out to the world comes back to you. And when kids truly start believing in that, I feel like we'll have a better world. That's all I'm trying to do is just be the change that I want to see. It's like plant the seed for those who we know are going to change the world because we're in a lot of turmoil right now, a lot of negativity. So if I can add some positivity to this upcoming generation, then at least there's still hope. Which needs it, right? (laughs) Oh, need is an understatement. Yeah, that's, that's why I go so hard for it. You know, I'm living in my purpose, and, and it's about legacy at this point in my life. So that's that's what's so important to me. And, you know, they're my springboard. They're like my little consultants. I have a seven- and an eight-year-old. They're watching the show. They're telling me, you know, way before the world gets to see it, which ones they like, what they don't like, you know, what they should be wearing. So this is this is this is putting my family together and, and, and showing them, you know, what hard work and everything that they can do and helping and what it takes to succeed and never what's giving it? up. What's it like raising girls? <laughs> I mean, listen, it's not easy, but if, if I go through it as a man now, then I know later on they're going to take care of me, you know? Yeah, Because exactly. you have sons, and they, they'll love you, but they get older, they'll be like, oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> he'll be all right. Put him over <laughs> but there. But you know your girl's going to take right. care of you. Don't act. You know what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Your daughters are not going to let you uh, down. That's absolutely It's hard, true. though, because I'm a softy, man. You know, all they got to do is... Give me that smile, and it's like I—it's hard to hard to say no to these these beautiful girls. Oh, that's sweet. We're talking to Ludacris, and of course, Karma's World is on Netflix. Uh, I want to switch gears and talk about music. Can you take us for the people who don't know the story, the the newbies who only know you from the Fast and the Furies, who only know you from rap? Can you take us back to being a DJ, you know, a radio personality back in Atlanta cuz I love those. I love the story of I started here and now I'm way over here. <laughs> way over here. <laughs> way over here. I'm so over here. I'm off mic <laughs> Way over here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for those people that don't know, I started, well, I always did music, but I had to come up with a plan to try to meet the right people and get my music to the right individuals. And the way that I did that was I I got an internship at a hip-hop radio station in Atlanta, Georgia. It was called 97.5 at the time. But I was like senior in high school, and I went up there just asking for a job to do it for free for the morning show. Because I knew that if I got a, a job for myself at this station, this is where all the producers and all of the artists come to on yeah. a daily basis. So I'm like, I'm going to get somebody to, to listen to my music. But I, obviously I couldn't tell the program director and the bosses up there that my only reason for coming to this station and trying to get a job is so I can get put on in hip-hop. So I acted like, you know, I wanted to be a radio DJ, which was fun because mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the pre how can I say, uh, it, like being a local celebrity way before being a worldwide celebrity was yeah. a great kind of starting point to teach me and not go too fast. And so being a radio DJ and the youngest one at the station for that, it kind of it kind of prompted and, and helped me to catapult myself into the next level when it was time. Right. But yeah, that's how I did it. I, it, it worked. <laughs> I was working at this station for like four or five years, but one thing led to another. I met Timbaland, you know, I met Jermaine Dupree, I met Organized Noise, and all of a sudden I'm 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 doing all these different things and, and making money, and I put all this money into my own project, and the rest mm-hmm. is history. What's Your Fantasy was the first song 
when you came in looking at artists, was it something that you seen that artists wasn't doing that you said, well, there's a loophole here because you, when you came in, you came in at the right time, you came in with the right energy. It wasn't like you were trying to fit in with anybody. And for me, from the outside looking in to learn that your history was radio, I said, wow, it, it was almost like it, you slid right in. It was almost like sliding to third base. <laughs> Was there anything that you saw from being inside that the outside wasn't doing with music? Newcomers man, that was I, trying to get honestly, in. Honestly, that, that's such a um, such a good question because when I was, you know, when I was 18 and I was in it, I wasn't looking at it from a judgmental standpoint. I was just looking at every star like there's nothing anyone's doing wrong. They just they just being themselves. But in retrospect, I'm still trying to figure out how to answer that question because. <laughs> You know, I think that knowing how some of them would show up extremely late, um, you know, and not respect the time frame or not show up at all or, you know, certain people that just were treating individuals as if they are higher than human, you know what I mean? And all of those things coming back to them, you know, I would notice little things like that. And as I'm, you know, fast forward all these years, if I, I look back at it, there was probably something within me that said, you know, I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to waste people's time. I'm going to make yeah. sure I'm on time. I'm going to treat people, that, you know, with respect. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's part of the reason I feel like I've made it to where I made it because, you know, you got to treat the judge the same way you treat the janitor. Treat the janitor the same yeah. way you treat the judge. That's the way it's said. Because it, it, it seems so effortlessly done to make people move, party, and get the joke and feel loose while saying some good stuff. Yeah, I would have to give that to God because okay, I, I wish perfect. I I didn't choose. You know, I wasn't <laughs> able to choose exactly when when specifically I was able to maneuver and make it happen mm-hmm, in the time mm-hmm. frame that it did. Because I've been yeah. rapping since I was nine years old. If it was oh, up wow. to me, I got I'd have got signed when I was nine. So I got signed <laughs> when I was about you know twenty one, twenty two. So that I have to give to God in terms of, but I can say the transition made it easier if I knew I put out my my album independently and and got signed and got a better deal just based on me selling a certain amount of copies on my own so that the company was already fully behind the movement that I had already started. That that had something to do with it, I'm sure. Is there ever a time you want to leave rap out and just go to acting or is it always a marriage? I would say I'd say probably in about another I don't know, man. I don't want to be quoted on saying this, but you know, I'd say another decade or so and then I may be behind the scenes in music. But yeah. I still got some I still got some competitiveness in me. <laughs> it's, it's extra You're credit. Not retiring now, yet, that's what I like spot. to call it. Extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. There is also a um, Karma's World has an album out streaming as well, so they can stream oh, wow. the Karma's World album. So listen, this nice. is a whole Brand and franchise, music, merchandising, books with Scholastic, everything you could think of. So just support this new endeavor because we continuing to make it for us and it's doing well. Okay, so where where can we find the streaming? Any of your favorite streaming platforms, Spotify, you know, uh, Apple Music, whatever you listen to, just type in Karma's World. It's in in there. Thank you, you Chris. I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, I'll see you in person soon. We're spending the new year looking back at some of our favorite interviews of the year. Tevin Campbell and Yo-Yo look back at their time as label mates. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, along with Yo-Yo. When this little boy first hit the scene, he was barely a teenager working with Quincy Jones. You remember the song, Tomorrow, A Better You, A Better Me? His first hit solo song was Round and Round. And of course, there's not a day that goes by that we don't hear Can We Talk. On the line, Tevin Campbell. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. You were honored at Black Music Honors. Tell us what that experience was like, because, you know, a lot of times we think of people being honored. They're, you know, in their 60s. They're, you know, and you're still <laughs> a very young man who's a legend. Yeah. No, yeah, it was great. It was it was a night to remember. I had never been on it before, so it was my first time. And it, it it was yeah, it just felt amazing. Uh and I'm at a point in my life where I am actually embracing you know, everything that I've done. So it was perfect. And uh I was glad to have to sing that night because I, I don't think I could have I don't think I could have done I was so nervous to speak and all of that. But man, what a night. What a night. Yeah, it was I, great. I mean, do you realize the impact that you've had? I mean, I don't <laughs> think there's seriously, I don't think there's a day that I turn on a radio station and go through R and B stations or stations from the nineties where you don't hear can we talk? Do you understand how many babies were conceived to that? Song? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just blocking it out? You don't want to think about it? <laughs> no, I actually that's one of the biggest mistakes I made in my life. I think uh, when I, when I stepped away, I didn't know, I didn't realize the impact right. and I didn't really start realizing it until maybe a couple of years ago. So I had blocked all of that out. Uh, but I do now, and it's a beautiful thing. I've learned to accept it and embrace it. And uh, it's actually quite amazing. It's, it's amazing. I'm sorry, Yo-Yo, but I, I have to ask the follow-up question of why did you block it out? I mean, I know that the record industry is brutal. Yo-Yo knows personally. I was right know. alongside of him, so I get it. I just, I, I was going to ask that too. I'm so interested to know because, you know, we don't hear from the artists. So I'm, I'm interested to know. I did a lot of blocking myself, Tevin. Tell me your story. Oh, you, you, you know. You, you know the business and you know when you're a kid and, and going through all that it, it's just different I my world was just work 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 that's what it was for me but you know when I left the business I was actually happy to be away from the business because mm-hmm. it was a chance for me to sort of <laughs> I had no idea who I was or it, it, all I knew was work all I knew was singing in the studio it's all I knew so when I stepped away, I was kind of free, but I didn't really know. <laughs> it's 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 sort of hard to explain. Um, 
I, I became sort of a, a young man in the business, but when I left it, I didn't really know how to be a grown man out of the business. I guess it, it, that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. I had yeah. a lot to learn. You get pulled in and it's almost yeah. like you, you really don't know who you are. You trust in so mm-hmm. many people. You have record executives, you have regional reps, you have managers, exactly. accountants, business managers, you have all these people around you. And as a young kid, it's a young artist. It's almost like a, a young actor. You know, it, it's that mm-hmm. same type of mentality. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I it, definitely it get it. What, what made you? I know you do. When, when did you realize? I mean, you said just a couple of years, you realized that who you were. I mean, what were you doing from then to now? <laughs> well, I, you know, I knew who I was. You know, I just didn't really, I think social media had a lot to do with that. You know, um, I think I woke up one day and I was trending because people were just sharing, sharing their love for Ted and Campbell. I thought that was just amazing, you know? So back in the nineties, we didn't have that. Um, so social media definitely, um, gave me access to that information and that helped me sort of, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. Nah, that helped me realize my impact back in the 90s. Because like I said, I was too busy working. And as a kid, you don't really realize it. But yeah, yeah that is kind of a long time to block it out. <laughs> I don't really know the answer to it. I just know that I, I definitely know social media had a lot to do with that. And, you know, just um, I, I think I had to sort of find myself and live in my truth in order to embrace everything that I've done. So... I just started doing that the last couple of years and it's just a beautiful thing, you know. Um, I don't know exactly, other than social media, I think that probably was the most, the primary thing that got me to start doing that, to embrace my impact. Talking about living within your truth, were you surprised about the Can We Talk Challenge and how well (laughs) it did? Did you feel the love? Were you and Tank already cool? I mean, did you discover new any artists, you know, from the challenge? Tell me about that moment. (laughs) No, yeah, me and Tank definitely, we cool. Yeah, I met Tank a couple of years ago. We did a show together. And I, you know, run, running, ran into him a couple of times throughout the year. So we cool. I had no idea. I woke up one day and this was going on, man. It was amazing. <laughs> it was overwhelming. I had never. Uh, wow. I, I can't even put it into words. Uh, I can't wait Kevin, to see. I'm sorry. Can you explain <laughs> for people who don't know what the challenge is? Can you explain what it is, please? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, the Can We Talk Challenge. I mean, they everybody was. Uh, I, I think Tank started it, mm-hmm. and he just had all these people singing it, and who can sing it better? I, I you know, everybody was doing it. Actors and and singers and man, oh man, and it went on for months. It didn't go on for days or weeks. It went on for months, and it was just wow, wow. You know, and I think that really, and I always, I always kind of knew like can we talk was is you know my my most popular song but that challenge sort of just <laughs> it engraved it in my in my heart that 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 can we talk is a beast so no that 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 challenge was amazing that really just i, I felt that <laughs> i felt the love on that that was great that was great <laughs> 
We're talking to, Ke- to we're talking to Tevin Campbell, headed out on the road, hitting Atlanta October 1st, Charlotte the 2nd, Chicago the 3rd, Miami on October 16th. Um, you mentioned that you were glad that you didn't have to perform at the Black Music Honors. <laughs> are you, I mean, you know, are you ready? Do you feel ready to get back out on that stage and, you know, do your thing? Oh no, yeah. No, I'm definitely ready. It's it's the T V stuff that gets me that gets me nervous and the cameras and everything. Okay. Oh no, but I love I, I love being on the stage and the thing about that is back in the nineties I didn't really go on tour. I think I did one tour. Really? With Grace, the man in Babyface, yeah, and it was my Christmas break, so it was like three weeks. My mom did not like me on the road. Mm. She didn't like me out of school. So it's fun doing it now, you know, and it's fun singing the songs in the same key because a lot of people come in, they're like, hmm, you know, it's been a while. since still, still hit the nose, you know, and to see the look on their face. But, you know, I just love singing. I've always loved singing. And um, I'm very comfortable on the stage. I'm, I'm looking very, I'm very much looking forward to it. How could you give it up for so long? Were you singing in the shower? Were you, <laughs> did you, did you like go to Europe and put on an Afro wig and pretend to be somebody else? If you love it that much, like how do you give that up? What were you doing well, I, instead? Well, I didn't love the business that much. Yeah. Singing, yeah. singing. I, 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 that's, if I couldn't sing, I don't know what I could, what I would do. That's all I know how to do. So yeah. the business is, is just different. I didn't have any problem being away from Peterson's dialogue. I really didn't. I uh, I did not. And I, and I ran into a lot of people. Why did you stop making music? And, but you know, what happened was 2001 was the greatest hit. That's when I left Warner Brothers. And um, in 2005, I got a part on Broadway uh, in a show called Hairspray. And I did yeah. that for six years. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was, I got to use my voice Every day, eight eight shows a week. And I was gonna say a lot was... of times a day. Broadway's no joke. <laughs> so I was always singing. I was always singing. My voice. I never. I always, you know. I mean, that's my baby. My voice is my baby. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was always something that I did. Uh, but I was very happy to be away from the business. So Broadway came about. That was amazing. And then, uh, you know, and I did sporadic shows here and there, never, never anything consistent like I'm doing now. But I think everything happens for a reason. And uh, I think that it was good for me to be away from the business. It really was. It, it, it. Like I said, when you're a child star, you learn a lot early, but you don't know what to do with it because you don't, <laughs> you don't know what to do with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something? Um, because, I am smiling from yeah. ear to ear. I don't know if you can hear my smile, but I am so happy that I can feel your excitement. And from knowing you, it just feels so good because one of the greatest singers to ever sing, young, talented star, a major baby. And when I say that, I mean, you know, you grew up in a major from a major label and had to kind of wing it on your own. (laughs) I want to talk about this second album. When you were 16, Prince wrote and produced, I think, four songs on your album. That was crazy. Four songs. I'm ready. One of the songs, Break It Down, um, was really raunchy for a 16-year-old. You have a lyric. (laughs) Prince. I'd rather... 
I'd rather do you after school like some homework. <laughs> yeah, you know, Prince. Man. What was you know? What was your reaction yeah. to all of this? Were you shy? I was very shy. I was a very shy kid. Yeah, I, I was being used as sort of a muse. I was a muse for a lot of all the producers I worked with. Right. So Prince, Narda, they knew they had this kid that had this mature voice that could sing these ballads. You know. Let's let's use them to 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 uh because they were all going through marriages and all kinds of stuff. At the time. <laughs> so I think I was being used as news, but no Prince is uh Prince was different because um, he was uh, I wasn't shy around Prince. No, uh, he was kind. Of, we were sort of he was like a big brother, so it That's was sort cool. of like um, because I first I met him when I was twelve, you know, so I already knew him and worked with him. Um, on uh, round and round, and mm-hmm. I did the movie Graffiti Bridge, so I was on the set, so I knew him very well already. Okay. So it wasn't like I wasn't shy around friends, okay. <laughs> not at all. And we would drive around and listen to music, and we would, you know, drive around Bel Air looking at houses. And he, I'm gonna buy that next month, like, okay? You know, that was kind of cool, and he did it. <laughs> wow. He bought it the next month. <laughs> he was so, so cool. cool, like he was. He, he it was like hanging out with a big brother. Um, as far as the songs, I didn't care. I, if I liked it, I'll sing it. I, it all of that stuff was, um, like, especially break it down. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I just sing it. I didn't care about that. And I didn't know anything about what I was singing about. <laughs> I didn't know anything about what I was singing about. Trust me, all of those songs, like, and I hate to say this, but you know, always in my heart and tell me what you want me to do. And, those are very mature songs for a 13, 14, 15 year old to be singing. Yeah. But I could make yeah. it believable. And they knew that. Warner Brothers knew that. So it was, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're classic love songs. So they last forever, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm very happy about that. I yeah. want to go back further to pre debut album uh, mm. with Quincy Jones and, and that cute song with that cute little boy that was so optimistic and you're like 13 <laughs> years old a better you a better me it was just such a little I'm like who is this cute little boy how sweet how did I mean but for you to be 13 and for you to be in the studio with Quincy Jones that's like something that people that have been working forever don't get to do so I'm sure you didn't understand the magnitude at the moment but how did no. that even happen? Well, I was 12 when I met him. Um, man, that's, that's, that's Benny Medina. So Bobby, we have to go to Bobby Humphrey first. Bobby Humphrey owned a club called Sweetwaters in New York City. And her brother and my mom were good friends. And so she heard me sing over the phone. She was like, oh, 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 oh she can sing. So she flew me out to New York. She recorded me um, on the video camera singing, I think it was once, twice, three times by Howard Hewitt, and You Bring Me Joy by Anita Baker in front of all these adults on this stage at a club. I was 11, I think, and uh, she sent that tape to all these record companies, and eventually Quincy saw the tape, and that's how 
Go to Mocha Podcast Network to catch all the shows you miss. Plus, get some new shows. You might want to check out Sherry Shepard, Kim Whitley. They have a show together. It's called Mocha Podcast Network at mochapodcastnetwork.com. Until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.